The Crinkle Cast is a podcast about adult topics and is intended for an adult audience. Hi, I'm Little Philly. I'm Zorro Daddy. And I'm Mommy Curie. And you're listening to The Crinkle Cast, a podcast about keeping it crinkly. is the proud sponsor of the Crinklecast. To check out their out-of-this-world product line, visit them at abuniverse.com. Live from Studio P, it's the Crinklecast. <laughs> Welcome to the Crinkle Cast, everybody. On this episode, we are thrilled to have a chance to hang out with one of our dearest friends, Boy Sprout. Boy Sprout, welcome to the Crinkle Cast. Thank you for having me. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> and good night. That's our show. <laughs> well, it's a quick hey, one. You told, yeah, you guys told me this would be easy, so um, eh, thanks. Glad to be here. Um, Great this having lasts you, about really. as long as everything else I do, trust me. <laughs> oh. We, we learned a lot about you. I feel closer mm. to you as a human yeah. being now. Yeah, absolutely. So, to be fair, it's been 50 mm. seconds, so. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's longer oh, than gee, most people last. Yeah. We at least have to get to a minute here. I mean, really. Hey, no. I only have so much endurance, Zoro. There you go. There you go. Well, hello, Boy Sprout. I never call you Boy Sprout. You can call me Luke if you prefer. Whatever makes you, you happy. But I will not tell you I'm your father. I won't go there. Yeah, but you always do. I know. I know. But this is not an episode about Han Solo. Okay? That would be the other one. This is the Crinkle Cast. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here with some of these uh, some of these here fine creators of, of that there TC convention. Mm-hmm. And uh, this go-around, it's actually kind of fun because the guest is somebody that... Uh, Oh, gosh, he's done about a bazillion and four things, but not a bazillion and five because that would be stupid. Okay? Too bazillion much. And four. Way too much. And, uh, Luke, you're beginning to not just become uh, more active uh, within that crazy convention, but uh, there's also a, a group of local friends that, you're, uh, that you are um, friends with, we shall say. But let That's me... how that works. There we go. Let me finally get to the question. Uh what was the first thing? Now, we all have our little perversions and everything else. When you were like, all right, I, you know what? I'm going to take all these crazy thoughts in my head and go do something with them. Give me the first active thing that you did. Um, went to a Walmart after my shift at McDonald's, uh, bought a pack of Depends, hid it in a duffel bag until my mom picked me up, and then had a lonely night at home when I was 14. Is that glamorous enough for you wow (laughs) is that is that everything you hoped it was for did you i mean because i think 
surprisingly that may resonate with all a dozen people who may listen. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I suppose. Um, wow. Did you? Yeah. No, I'm going to be. Is that a true story? Uh, would I bullshit you? Yes. Did, did, <laughs> um, I, I, no, have, I is... have a question. Oh, Please go right ahead. Can we... My question is, did you go through the whole pack? Um, or did you throw them away? No, before? no. Um, I was forced to throw them away by my mother. Um, uh, side tangent before we do like any introduction of why I'm even on this thing more so. Um, and who I may be for people who would even care. Um, I had a crazy mother, which sounds very similar to really anyone in this community, um, whether it's a mother, father, or lack thereof. Um, and uh, she believed, of course, I was 14, so I had to be doing the drugs. Mm. Um, uh, specifically, the drugs of the smoking variety. I believe the one she was most concerned about was the pots. <laughs> the pots. <laughs> and um, I had developed a cough around this time. And, um, you know, it was actually undiagnosed asthma, which I'm thankfully diagnosed now. Um, but she determined that the only reason I could be hacking up a lung is because I've been smoking cigarettes and marijuana behind her back as a straight A student who could never live up to her expectations. Um, so she tore through my whole room and she finally got to that hiding spot and I was crying, blah, blah, blah. I'm not ready for this. You don't need to know this about me, blah, blah, blah. She found them and kind of drilled me and of course because i'm stupid i told her the truth and i remember she said we'll fix you and then she hugged me and then uh she took me to therapy within a week um i lasted two weeks in therapy because the therapist wanted to know more about my family life and how that was going yeah so and then um and then i never went back to therapy again so uh, what did the therapist say about the the diaper part of it Gave zero shits. It was yeah. just like, Didn't I mean, as long as, yeah, long, as long as you're okay, as long as you're like not doing something stupid, I don't care. I'd really like to talk about your mother, though. Yeah, right. That, it, that kept That's... coming back. And then, um, yeah, I think they talked to my mother and then I wasn't in that therapy anymore. Yeah, that that's that's really common. You know, people think, oh, I'm going to take someone there and I'm going to fix them. And it ends up being where the therapist is like, no, this is OK. I think you're OK doing this. So. Yeah, no. So so sorry to get real within like the first three minutes of this Bring thing. Bring it on, man. Every, it on. Everybody who is listening, especially if you're maybe on the younger side for taking your first steps, like understand that like, hey, this is not the weirdest thing in the world. Um, a professional therapist in Allentown, Pennsylvania told me I was fine. And, you know, psychology and psychotherapy capital of the world there. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, some people know my background, some people don't know my background, but as a person that used to work in the mental health field, you are going to be hard-pressed to walk into anybody's office and tell them anything that they have not heard already. You know, so that that fear of, of coming out to a mental health professional, that fear of burying your soul to a therapist, nine times out of ten, unless there's some sort of a whack noodle, they're not really going to care. As long as you're keeping yourself safe and keeping the people around you safe and you're not hurting anybody, if it's a healthy coping mechanism for you, then more power to you. Yeah. And I'm able to maintain a full-time job. I'm able to come and hang out with friends like you when I need to. So I would say, yes, it has been healthy. It's a part of my life. Um, yeah, of course, just like everybody else, sometimes a part maybe I didn't wish I had. But, you know, I have it and I'm not going to change that. So here we are. I'll do what makes me happy, and 
hopefully I'll find people along the way to ha- share that happiness with. You know, that just actually kind of put a thought in my head that, gosh, I don't know what to do with. This is a common trend. Yeah, pretty, there you go. There you go. I never know what to do with the thoughts that come in my head. No, I honestly, at this point in my life, I think back to what was it? If it was 2011, right? Oh, 2011. What are you re- referencing? <laughs> when we met. Oh, when we met. Oh, I don't know. That's I when I graduated to... high school. Yeah. Everybody to meet me happy. I've tried That's to awesome. block that out, so I don't really know exactly when. I'm not when. talking to Luke anymore. I'll tell you. No, yeah. no um, I can't imagine. Not having me in your life. Not having this community in my life. <laughs> Prior to that, yeah, the community existed, but Fet Life, the melt, the great melting pot, was very young. Um, we still had a lot of us other sites available. I knew things existed, but I honestly had not met anyone. I really can't fathom the idea of life at this point. What life was like prior to being a part of this community. Even so much as to the point of knowing it existed. Yeah, let me give you a little bit more about myself. Um, I'm a member of the uh, Llama Munch out in Lancaster and a uh, TeddyCon staff member. Uh, they've recently given me the honor of helping them out on the social media front. I've been staffing for about two years now. Um, so I just really love this community. And they, I know you and I, especially at the Munch, have discussed a lot about that difference in community. Obviously, I'm all bear it because i love making older people uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. i was born in 1993 uh nate as you like to put it i've had a cell phone in my ass since the day i was born even though (laughs) i did not personally get a cell phone until i turned 16 and i live a very different experience than everybody else in my generation but i understand i'm a millennial and that means only one thing to you so (laughs) what i am what i'm attempting to say here is you and i have come from very different parts of this community i yes for lack of better terms have only existed when a community online and i would say more vibrant than something that was in the 90s and early 2000s has always existed um it doesn't mean that i don't know what it's like to be alone or different in this um i would definitely say until i was willing to take those jumps and look in the mid 2000s Yes, I felt that same feeling of isolation. Uh, I just think it was easier once I realized this was a thing to be able to find out that it was actually a thing as opposed to perhaps before the internet or however old you are. Um, (laughs) It it wouldn't have been so easy and it would have been taken much longer to find out that, hey, there are other people who share this thing of ours. So let's let me I want to go back a minute. If you don't mind. Please, go right ahead. I, I tend to word vomit. No, you're fine. Um, So you got your first pack. You went and... Yes. You know? Yes. Ended, ended uh, up your, your mom took them. my Walmart. Your mom uh, took them. Mom, mom took them, threw them out, said she was so proud of me. Went to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Then what happened from there? Um, I told them I was uh, not going to do it again because it was traumatic enough talking to my mom about that, that I really lost all taste for it. And I just kind of went underground while I was living at home. Um, Did anybody think it actually changed? No, but when you're living with a narcissist, if you can just pretend everything's okay, she will. Um, So um, we just kind of did a don't ask, don't tell. And then um, I moved uh, to college, and that's where I found my first munch group and my first um, really, 
I would say actually community experiences that formed what you see before you today or rather here. Do you remember what your first ABDL diapers were that you bought? Uh, Bambinos Bellissimos. The, Bell- the Bellissimos? Yes. Um, yeah. I okay. Those were my first. I then um, discovered, I don't want to say a superior product, but I probably will, an ABU. Um, prior to that time, I was a bit of an ABU skeptic, um, especially before the ownership changed hands. Um, the quality just wasn't there, um, but I'm really impressed in the turnaround on them. They're what I mostly wear now. Um, I still have a soft spot for Bambinos because obviously they've been my favorite and my first, but really I'll kind of wear anything that will accept me pissing in it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Very Joseph. Now, Curry really oh. wants to know, do you make sticky? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny until we at least go 20 minutes longer. <laughs> well, I thought that happened and in the first 50 seconds. You said it happened in the first 50 seconds. So, I, you know, don't mm. know. Well, no, he's, well, he just said he won't confirm or deny it until yeah. then. Right. So, so we're going to let the world in on a secret here. No, <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, we, we so should. No, this needs oh, to be edited so out. Should. All of it. Editing <laughs> it out. If this, if this right. Is... All right. All right. It's, it's, it's not time. It is not time for the secret. Tune in next time for the secret. (laughs) As they're whispering it to each other. I still don't know what's going on. (sighs) Somehow I doubt I am the child on this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nah. Exactly. Um, So uh, certainly we we have the four letters. But there's another set of four letters that you have a little bit of interest in, much like these two here. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what else might... uh, what else might interest you, dear sir, aside from the crinkle? Uh, I am a avid proponent and practitioner of BDSM, four of your favorite letters. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. For those of you who may not know, um, bondage, domination, submission, uh, sadomasochism, all that. Um, essentially, um, I have found that the two really dovetail together. I will admit I came into any type of fetish life as a... Um, strict ABDL. That's what I thought. That's what I thought I wanted. But um, my first munch group in Washington, D.C. Um, was run by a lot of members of a club down there called The Crucible. Um, and we had play parties there. Um, so if you can imagine um, a club set up for all of the whips and chains and beatings, with maybe about 30 littles running around in like footy PJs and diapers and stuff like that while other people are trying to get their fun on. Um, so I always just had to stop and go, huh, there, there has to be a reason people do this. There has to be a reason just like I do my thing that this, this resonates with people. And I decided, you know, might as well try it. And over time I've come to develop a taste for it. Well, you know, I think I, I, for one, enjoy that aspect as well. And mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to add a lot of it to this. You know, it's it's not a far stretch to, to say spanking, for example, or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's kind of goes hand in hand to a degree. I know Zorro may not agree with that, but, you know. Yeah. No, I, and that's, I agree oh, with ahead, it. I just can't. I just can't physically do it. And that's I, I see nothing wrong fine. with it. I just can't do it. I think I think that's something we need to understand, and I would 
really hope that the people who are very against BDSM in their age play can understand that it, it's about what people want. There, there is no such thing as pure age play. There is no such thing as pure BDSM. I really don't believe from a philosophical sense there's any pure anything left in this world. Um, we can all mix and match, and we're all trying to go after the same thing. We're trying to bring ourselves joy in this world. And if I want to be tied up to a cross while also wearing a diaper, so be it. If you want to be only in short alls and be surrounded by stuffed animals and not ever even see a penis in your life, that's fine. More power to you. I will respect you. You respect me. I will not tell you how to play. Please don't tell me how to play. If we all could just remember that, I think we all could make whatever we're trying to do better. Amen, brother. Of course. And it's one of the reasons I'm really, um, over the past two years, TeddyCon has been bringing on a, I would say, TeddyCon After Dark or a quick dungeon experiment night. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just blows my mind because for me, when I walk in there, I, I do have to kind of suppress a little bit of a grin because I'm seeing the beginnings of whip play or I'm seeing the beginnings of sensation play or very light impact. And for me, where I've gone over my tenure, and I'm sure for you guys except Nate, it, it is beginner stuff, and it almost kind of makes you chuckle. But at the same time, it's so amazing just to see that there is a thirst for it, and the two don't have to be separated. Yes, I think TeddyCon needs to maintain a purity for those who want it, but I also think it can be a safe place for those to experience something that they may not have access to. Yeah, I would agree. I um I like the idea of the uh, of the show and tell the BDSM show and tell, and um, I certainly walked through the room and offered up my services to bring people ice packs when they needed them, of course. But I guarantee you that no one actually needed an ice pack after what was going on in that room. But <laughs> yeah, the thought was the I thought think, was appreciated. I think that was great. Um, within that setting. Um, the only thing that ever really concerned me, and as it turned out, it should not have concerned me because it was not an issue, because Phil and Curry thought ahead on it, is mm -hmm. the preservation of that pure and innocent headspace. Mm -hmm. The ability to have that, not necessarily having, you know, being off in la-la land and having to ignore the, the sound of whips, which is like, mm -hmm. you know, behind this wall over here. If you yeah. cannot actually separate them then one of the two of them needs to go. And that wasn't a problem. Mm -hmm. It also wasn't a full, like it wasn't a full massive dungeon. It, it was truly just a show and tell. Mm -hmm. But you're right, the thirst is there, provided we don't sacrifice the one to have the other. And they didn't. They chose not to. We decided at TC, yeah, this is something folks enjoy. You can do what you want in your, you know, in your room, so long as the pure and innocent doesn't have to uh, suffer because of that, and it didn't. And I, I think it went over really well for that reason. Exactly, and I, I think that we um, kind of looked at it like people are, are curious about this stuff, and we wanted to give them a safe space where you know they could experience it. It really wasn't like a play session per se. It, this was more of, you know, um, again, a, a teaching kind of, moment and the people that we had you know showing different 
things are very well skilled in what they do. Um, they're not newbies by any means. And, you know, a lot of people have had these curiosities and instead of them taking it upon themselves and trying something that might be potentially dangerous, um, you know, give them the information and, you know, have someone there that they could talk to and, and learn and, you know, walk away with something, you know, some information that they could further themselves with. And, you know, that that's kind of what uh, TeddyCon's been about on all aspects. And we've we've covered a lot with our classes and and stuff over the years. And um, but uh, I agree, like you can't you can't there is no one true way and there is everybody's different it's and if it was all the same it would kind of be boring anyway so mm. you know but uh yeah i mean it's like me and curry we're a fishbowl of stuff like you know like we could do whatever and you know it's it, we're I not we're it. not locked into one thing yeah i love that no i will say my exposure to this community and teddy con is just a part of it is I love the fishbowl analogy. I'll go a step further and say, um, fill that fishbowl with uh, goldfish, specifically the rainbow ones, and each color being a different interest of mine. Um, I will say when I first started, that bowl was full of only your plain vanilla cheddar, and now I've expanded to practically every flavor just because I've discovered I, I have a thirst. I want to keep experiencing new things, and I'm able to come to terms with something I don't enjoy. I'll, I'll try it and then I'll just go, Hey, I'm glad I tried it. I can see why people do it. That's not for me and more power to them. And I really love that Teddy Khan is becoming a place where we can do things like that, where we can really help some of those people. Cause I agree with you. A safe space is paramount. Unlike going into a Walmart after your shift at McDonald's and just buying a pack of depends that you're going to hide from your mother, <laughs> there's actual danger in going to some of these types of events. If you don't know people, if you are going to a play party at someone's house or in their basement, as opposed to maybe one of the few privately owned and actually legitimately operated dungeon in, in this country, you may be putting yourself at a level of risk. Um, I trust everyone to be able to vet, to be able to look into and understand the risks they're taking. But at the same time, if we can mitigate that risk for anybody, I would argue we have a duty to do that. Well, and I wanted I wanted to circle back because everything you're saying, you know, has such value. But I wanted to circle back to to you in all of this. Oh yes, I apologize. No, I no, no. Oh my gosh, please. You know, we could we could talk about all of this theory and practice mm -hmm. all night long if we wanted to. But, um, you know, just like the the acronym ABDL can stand for a lot of things for a lot of people in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, BDSM can also be symbolic or hold space for a lot of different things for each individual practitioner. So I guess my question for you is what do you practice within the BDSM world? And what are those things that you have found that you've said, thanks, but no thanks. Cause you, you've, yeah. you've acknowledged that you've been able to take mm -hmm. that power and determine what's for you and what's not for you. So what, what is for you and also what's not for you? Yeah. Of course, I'll start mild and then we'll get into the less mild, um, the more um, uh, Taco Bell Diablo sauce, if you will. <laughs> um, the first, I would say, overlap kinks were both spanking and um, tickling, to be honest. I am a very big tickle fiend. I love being tickled. I love laughing. And that really also 
crosses over well with any of the ABDL stuff because I'm one of the few partners you can tickle relentlessly and not worry about leaving any mess on your floor. Um, so, uh, I've, I've turned over a few tickle givers, uh, to that pro tip. Um, going further, it started with spanking. Like I remember my first dungeon experience of hooking up with someone I met at a munch, going to a dungeon and, you know, in front of all these people, essentially bending over a spanking bench, presenting my ass. And I had a great time. Um, I moved on to other things. Um, baby steps at first I tried wax play and I ended up loving it but I'm never going to do it again because I am a bear cub of hair and while getting hot wax dripped on me was almost therapeutic having it removed was the worst experience of my life by far um and I've noped from doing that thing um moving in now to possible things that may have content warnings for those with self-esteem issues or those who have issues with potential sexual violence. Um, I discovered I have a degradation and humiliation fetish through all of this. Um, that can dovetail very well with BDSM, especially the domination and submission part of it and the masochism part of it. Um, I've discovered that uh, being essentially treated like crap or treated not good enough is very therapeutic and cathartic for me based on some of the anxieties and things that I carry with me in real life. Duly um, noted. Well, Duly yes. noted. Welcome to TeddyCon staff. Yeah, welcome to yes. <laughs> so, As you can see, I constantly attempt to look for people who will treat me the way I deserve to be treated. <laughs> which, which, quite frankly, isn't very good. But... Yes. No, it is not. But only yeah, with maybe. peace and love in our hearts. You are very... Exactly. You are very, very, very naughty. Um, you are a very naughty boy. <laughs> So um, you asked when. I believe it's been about 15 minutes. So I can, yeah. I can, I can confirm now. Getting closer, um, right? We are, we, are, we are approaching a summit, if you will. Oh. Um, but yeah, just to go further, things I found I didn't like. Um, needles. I knew I did not enjoy needles from going to the doctor, but I watched so many people do scenes of having needles put through their arm or on their back and then have lovely patterns made out of rope in them. I tried it for about 20 minutes at a camp and decided I will never do this again. Um, but I tried it, and that's the thing. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to try everything. You can already know what you don't like, but if it's something where you are unsure and the risk to yourself is relatively small, go ahead and try it. That's how I discovered I have a kidnapping fetish and a potential... Uh, uh, content warning, um, creepy uncle fetish. Don't you bring me into this now. Come on. Oh, please. You wish you could uh, compare yourself to those men. <laughs> but now I but think, no. I think I just heard you say one word that, that sort of triggers everything that I think about you. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned you tried something at camp. Yes. And I think camp evokes a whole lot for you just that one word brings mm -hmm. brings forward a lot of stuff for you why would the word camp be so important for you so as i mentioned earlier i am an active member of the crucible dungeon in washington dc um i was during my college time there on staff for them as well um a tangential group to this is a group that runs a camp out in maryland called camp crucible which is about nine days of 
debauchery and your stereotypical sex camp that your parents warned you about. Mm. Um, it's in Maryland. Um, like everything else that's been going on in May this year, it has been canceled. Um, so sadness. But um, when I first went to Camp Crucible, there was a Littles cabin. Um, we had about 20 ABDLs who... Um, started a cabin at, for what in all intents and purposes, was a BDSM camp. Um, uh, so leather, um, casual sex between consenting partners that wanted it. But really, at the end of the day, it's just a lot of people being lazy, sitting around in front of cabins in various states of undress. There's actually not as much action as you think going on. Um, it was amazing for me, though. It was my first real event, even before I went to a TeddyCon. And it's where I had these safe spaces to try things. I was around about 200 people, um, all of various skill levels, but some of, I would say, the most known people in the nation for their tasks. Uh, Robert Dante, who holds the world record for um, some of the fastest whip play, um, was there. Um, we have folks um, from Goddess Indigo, who is a world-renowned femdom. Um, really something for everybody there. Um, and it's just, yeah, something I would encourage if anyone would be up to it. Like TeddyCon, it allows you to be yourself, whatever yourself is. The coolest thing about camp, they were terrified of having littles the first year. Uh, they were like, oh my God, they're going to leave diapers everywhere. They're going to smell, they're going to be stupid and all this stuff. And no, we just, we took over a cabin and we more importantly had fun with everybody else. We showed them our kink and they showed them ours but we all respected each other. And at the end of the day, people kind of go, Hey, camp's not camp without the littles anymore. That's really fantastic. And and also yeah. Robert Dante is, is a true gentleman. If you're interested in whips, he's somebody to look up. Um, he, I believe he has YouTube videos and he's got his own website and stuff. And he's just a, oh, yeah. a true, he's truly amazing, truly Love an him. amazing person. And, and that's one of the things when you're, looking at this kind of stuff you, you want to find those kind of people because they're the ones that you can really learn from and and you know um don't just you know trust some guy you know walmart parking lot who pulls whips out of his trunk you know and yeah and says this is how you do it you know you, you get to know these people who multiple people know his name like everybody knows his name in the community so you know you look for people like that you know not some guy like zorro daddy who nobody knows who he is because, quite frankly, we don't even know who he is. <laughs> hey, so I, I, I was I, there. I, I knocked on the door. That was it. So I, I hate to do this, but how many books have you sold? I'm not answering that. No, not you, Nate. For once in my life, I'm trying to defend you and ask Phil how many books he's sold. Oh, how many books? Oh, I've how many sold? books has Philly sold? Yeah, Philly. How many books have you sold? Yeah, I haven't really written any books, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> so, so, so would you say that you? From a literary standpoint, given anything to this community. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Um, you know, I've tried. Literary only. I've tried to write some stories, but I can never get to the end of them. I usually end up not making it that far. Uh, I, uh, uh, you know, common rookie mistake, but we'll know, get there one day. Yeah, there One go. of these days, I, I actually have been working on um, an idea for a book, believe it or not. And at I some can point, believe that. At some point, it'll probably happen, but... When I don't know, and I don't really know who would read it. But. Well, you know, I promise I would read it because I've read Nate's stuff. 
and that's the least I could do for you. <laughs> uh, there you go. Wow. Lucas, uh, of of what I have, uh, of what I have, uh, in the time that I've gotten to know you, which is, it, it's not like just a couple of months anymore. <laughs> no, it seems like it, but it's yeah. been about three to four years now. Yeah, it, it it's been a while. You you certainly gave a bit of uh, explanation as to why you do some of what you do, mm-hmm. but let me put it in in a more uh, straightforward answer. Okay, you are in fact, and there was two other people. It's um, uh, the one couple that that led the class at TC. I believe mm-hmm. this of them as well. Much like that couple, you Lucas are a masochist. Yes. You, you can call me what what you want. Yes. Yes. You are masochist because you give until it hurts. And then you give just a little bit more. And then you keep giving. And uh, even when you may be zonked because of it, you have this tendency to do for others at a point in time when you really don't need to anymore. And you're one of those people I've met that uh, I marvel over. And I've, I've never gotten to a point where I was like, yeah, okay, so-and-so, they're just going to do that. I was like, no, this is a situation that may or may not work. Oh, wait a moment, hold on a second, Boy Sprout is here. And then suddenly it does. Now, you've given a, a portion of, uh, a sizable portion of the reason as to why you do that. But I'm going to throw a question at you and demand that you give me an answer. Okay. Why is it that you keep giving? Well, it depends on what we are talking about here. If we are talking about in play and why I keep giving, it's so I can receive. Um, a dom needs input and needs something from their sub. For every action, there's a greater and opposite reaction or whatever Newton said or some bullshit. That's if we're looking at a play standpoint. If we're looking at a self-sacrifice standpoint of why I'm pulling a wagon full of used diapers at three in the morning for Teddy con. <laughs> I mean, I would say you have to look no further than this table um, or the metaphorical table that connects us through the internet. Um, I like people. And when I meet people that I truly like, that I truly believe are doing something good for this world or this community I want to be a part of that. And if I can ease any burdens, that makes me feel good. It may not make me feel good at three in the morning pulling 80 pounds of somebody else's piss. It made me feel good. That's, there you go. I, I don't know how to say that hearing Curry say that or hearing Phil when he can barely stand anymore just going, hey, man, thanks, actually does so much for me. I can't explain to you why. I, I just know that it's it tickles something in my lizard brain, and I'm going to keep doing that. I enjoy being a part of something. I enjoy helping the people I care about. And for some reason, I've ended up caring about the three of you. You need to get your head looked at, man. Oh, Try to. My mo- <laughs> sounds like you've been speaking with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've been impressed uh, truly, and and I don't mean to you know throw all this out here publicly, but yeah. uh, I mean last year you you really did impress me with your abilities, and that's obviously why we've asked you to to take on some greater responsibility. 
And, um, and I'm, I'm hoping the rest of the community can trust me just as they trust you. Um, I know asking people to help you with this con, I mean, this is your guys' baby. It takes a lot to actually step up and say, hey, we would like your help. So thank you for asking me, and I hope I can be beneficial, especially to the con goers, because I know we always say it, that's that's who it's all for. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and uh, acknowledge something publicly here. Um, last year at, at TC, um, after the con closed, there was some shenanigans in a hotel room, and I believe you were in there, if I'm not mistaken. I will protect everything that happened after the con closed. Um, is very blurry, but yes, I believe I remember what you're referring to. Um, I was, if you guys were running on empty, I was running on maybe like one fifth of a tank. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I just that that whole experience that happened there that was that was that was something else. So, mm. <laughs> and I hope I didn't push you too far. You did not. If anything. Um, I was doing that thing where I was, from a play perspective, pushing to get something back. Yeah. And and that's what's great about the family that we have um, within the, you know, the leadership and the, the staff of, of TC. And like I always tell everybody, I like, I'm like, I'm all inclusive. So feel free to, you know grab my ass or, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, there it is. <laughs> Steering in a slightly different direction. Oh, come on. <laughs> Thank, Wait a you. Thank you. Wait a Thank you. Thank you. Steering away from the we, ass. Top we, Gun 2 is coming out, and you're steering away from ass grabbing. We were, <laughs> we, were, we were just starting to get in deep here. Yeah. Not, you know? Okay, Phil, let's be honest. You and I cannot get in deep. Well, I don't know about it's you. It's not that but, far to go. You know. Yeah. There you go. I respect you, but I also know my own limitations. There you go. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> So we're, uh, uh, well, for those of you that are, like, listening to this just shortly after we record it, you know what's happening in the world right now. Uh, But maybe years down the road, you are listening to this, and uh, maybe the cursed uh, coronavirus is is well of the past. Who knows? But uh, we are actually uh, recording this episode when within the the process of quarantine. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who actually haven't had the luxury, I guess you could say. Well, for some it's a luxury, for for others it's not. But haven't had the chance just to sort of like stop working and, you know, take a nice breather and and, uh, a a mandatory vacation. And uh, I wanted to ask, on a serious note, uh, how are you holding up, good sir? Because I know you have a lot on your plate. Yeah. Just with um, regards to uh, the state of things right now and with regards to COVID. When we're speaking of COVID-19, um, I will be honest. Uh, this has been probably one of the hardest things I've gone through in my life. Um, I am a 26-year-old age player who lives by himself in a one-bedroom apartment. I am blessed, if you want to call it that, to be able to work from home every day of the week and not worry about my job security. Um, But my days have melted into working at my laptop every day, maybe playing some video games at night and going to bed. Uh, Nate, you may know this about me more so than uh, Philly and Curry. 
Um, I called myself a serial uh, couch jumper. I would every weekend usually be at one of our many friends' houses or apartments just to have that human contact. I have a lot of play partners and people who are very important to me. I haven't seen any of them for six weeks. And to be honest, I've gotten to the point where the weekends are the days I dread the most. Um, doing something like this really brings a lot. And I just want to say to everybody who may listen to this right now, like, hey, it's okay to feel lonely. This sucks. It really does suck. And I don't have a magic bullet answer for you, but we're going to be okay. And we're going to be allowed to see the people we love soon. And we love you, Lucas. We miss you I, so much. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm hoping to be able to see the people I love physically um, in more ways of that word than one um, in a short amount of time. Whether that short amount of time is two weeks or two months, who knows. But I know it's going to be a lot shorter than the rest of my life. Yeah. This is a hopefully. good way of looking at really, it. Really, really hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we're all looking forward to uh, a release from, you know, these these self quarantine prisons. Um, It's hard. It it really is is hard. Like you, I work from home, and sometimes you just need that reminder of what day of the week is it? Where are Mm -hmm. we in this process? And is there a light at the end of the tunnel? That's not a train coming at us right now. and I feel like maybe, hopefully, we're finally getting onto the other side of this. We have to be careful, and we have to be diligent, and we have to make sure that we continue to do the right things. But there isn't a day that's gone by that I haven't worried about all of our friends and our chosen family and all of our attendees and, and, and you know people that we have grown to know over these many years. We're worried for everyone. We're, we're, we're concerned. We hope that everybody just makes it to the other side on this so that we can see everybody again and hug and play and get messy with paint and food and jump in the ball pit and swing on the swings and pet the baby animals and all those things that we're looking forward to. We just want to make it to the other side. And, and that's what we have to continue holding on to. But I, I do worry about many of our friends in the community and people we haven't yet had the pleasure to meet. And, and I just, I hope that we get those opportunities again soon when the world is ready for us to do this again. Very well said. Yeah, I agree with what she said. That was pretty good. <laughs> Ditto. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is to say the least, it is very hard. We already live in what may be an isolating community at times. Um, mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, for some people, the beacon of hope is a Teddy con or a similar event. And, yeah, we are in a lot of uncertainty, though we are doing our best to ensure that the event can happen in October. We we know that we are at the whims of the world um, at this point, um, and that's really hard for anything. Um, so just, again, no matter how alone you may be and wherever you live, do know that there's people who care about you. Aww, look at all that touchy-feeliness. That's about all I got. That's all I got left. There's there's maybe about it's maybe about three fourths of that left before it starts sounding ungenuine. Oh, <laughs> before cynical Lucas shows up. Yes. Yeah, he's a bitch. Ah. Oh, yeah, but he likes it. So. Oh yeah, he loves it. <laughs> loves it if you call him a bitch too. There you go. So 
uh, one thing we I think we missed here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I missed it. Maybe not. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, so when it comes to ABDL, mm-hmm. right? What's your main focus in ABDL, or is it a mixed bag? Um, I would say it's a mixed bag, and it also depends on who I'm with and what I'm going for at that time. Um, sometimes, and where it really started, um, it was really all the diapers. Like, let's not pretend that's not why I was there and why I got into it. Uh, just the feel, just the use, just the overall just experience of it. Can't tell you why, just always was fascinated from it, even from, like, age eight or nine. Um, but as I've evolved, um, I've especially melded it with that BDSM aspect. Um, I frankly, as I said, I have a humiliation and degradation habit. I politely refer to myself as a humilahore sometimes. Um, that's a new one. I've never heard that one before. It is great. You, ma'am, you have permission to use it whenever you like. Um, but it, whether it is just the diapers or it is any littles clothes or anything like that, they can be a very powerful symbol of submission and of unequal power between two parties and pushing that button. I've found extremely pleasurable. Are you pushing that button now? Um, I'm pushing something. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So, where do you see yourself going? Where do you see yourself? What do you, what do you want to do next? What's your, your next move here? I mean, that's really what I don't know. And I think that's what makes me the most excited. Um, if you told me four years ago that I would have um, two people I lovingly call my dirty uncles who fuck me, um, and I would have all of this, um, I would go to a BDSM sex camp once a year and that I would be staffing for a Littles convention. I would tell you that that sounds insane and not like me. And I'm just a kid who wants to stay in his room, wear diapers and play video games every once in a while. Um, because I've tried things and because I've discovered a community that I love both in the ABDL world and the BDSM world, I've gotten more involved and more active. Really, the only thing I think I can promise is coming is hopefully me continuing to become more active. I don't think I'm going to try to start my own events or anything, but trying to be a better voice, trying to connect with more people and give them the tools they need that I wish I had or just even the support, that's what I see happening next. Um, What new fetish I'll discover, I don't fucking know. There's too much weird shit in this world. I'll find something. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love, uh, I just love all of it. Um, before we say goodbye, does anybody else have any other questions? Hmm. Something yet to grill him with. Let's see. Let's see. Um,. No, that might actually be it. <laughs> that was pretty limp. Yeah, that anyway. Was, wow, wow. Anyway. So, this is this is your stunning comeback of the Crinkle cast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Lucas, give us give us um this is your opportunity to pimp yourself here. Yeah. Um how can people find you? How can people find uh mm-hmm. information about Camp Crucible? Um at least information yeah. for, you know, 
to keep track of for next year mm-hmm. when the event of makes course. its comeback. So pimp, yes. here's your here's your stage. Pimp yourself. Yes. If anyone would like to reach out to me, I'm active on FET under Voice Sprout. Uh, B O Y S P R O U T. Um, feel free to reach out. Send me a message. I'll try to respond. I'm trying to be much more active in FET now that I'm moving into a um, social media role for TC. Um, you'll also find me in any of the TC groups. I'm keeping a much closer eye on them these days. And uh, who knows, if you reach out to some of the TeddyCon accounts, you might be speaking with me and you don't even know it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, as far as Camp Crucible goes, uh, they have, I would say, FetLife is your best bet. But even if you Google Camp Crucible, you'll find your website. Um, seriously, anyone who's listening to this has any questions about an event like that, reach out to me. It's a huge step. Um, and I'm not going to pretend that it's cheap, but if you're willing to take some of those risks or you even want to find smaller places to start before you go into something like that, reach out. I'll help you try to take the same steps that I know I took. That's all I got. (laughs) Well, until next time, everyone stay crinkly.